Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, broadcasting from the Selmark Studios. Colleen Daniel is here, as always, socially distancing from home, along with the About Mansfield news team. This is episode 62. We appreciate you being along for the ride. Coming up on this episode, Mansfield news and weather for the upcoming week. And don't forget the trivia question of the week for a $25 gift card to Big D Barbecue. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. This week, the COVID-19 epidemic apparently continues its decline in Mansfield. Governor says it's time to put your mask down. MISD is looking for a few good names. Mansfield resident hit with $3,000 snowstorm electric bill. Restaurant seeks to raise funds for injured police officer. Safety rant time. I'm Home Improvement Specialist Terry Radswin, and I'll subject you to that in the Ask Terry segment later in the show. This week, Brian Certain educates us about Margarita. It's more than just a woman's name on the Cocktail of the Week. Alexa has our seven-day weather forecast, and Steve talks in studio with Mansfield musician Brad Russell. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is about Mansfield. Did you know Southwestern Adventist University is located right in our backyard. With a small, safe campus, SWAU provides a Christ-centered learning environment with hands-on experiences and dedicated professors. For a limited time, local freshmen enrolling for fall 2021 will receive a stackable $3,000 scholarship. Are you interested in digital marketing, finance, or another aspect of business? Earn your degree at Southwestern Adventist University. Learn more at swau.edu. Hey, it's Steve Casillo. I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce our weekly About Mansfield episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities, and can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great local shows, such as Ask Philip. The Face-Off Spot, and Daughter of the Other Woman, just to name a few, and handles post-production duties for remote clients, such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and Military Resource Radio from Detroit. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need the help from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway, just off of 287 in Mansfield. For more information on starting your podcast, or if you're looking for a better place to record, Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com. That's podcastmansfield.com. Hey Mansfield, did you know cannabis is legal in Texas? I'm Sonia Salazar, co-owner of Wise Wellness. As cannabis educators and advocates, we can answer any questions you have regarding hemp-derived CBD. Wise Wellness carries a variety of products, including oils, topicals, edibles, and pet products. We are located on FM 157 beside Mansfield Fun Jewelry. As a thank you to the About Mansfield podcast listeners, we are offering a buy one, get one free special on select products. Just mention the podcast at checkout. Follow us on social media for our latest updates. Search for Wise Wellness. That's Wise, W-Y-S-E, Wellness on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon. Hello, this is Mayor Michael Evans, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. This portion of the news is brought to you by Ohana Screen Printing. The COVID-19 epidemic continues its decline in Mansfield. Roving Science reporter Dennis Webb has the good news. Dennis? Thanks, Steve. 
On Monday, March 1st, Tarrant County reported that 6,817 Mansfieldians had caught the virus, 6,225 had recovered, and 111 had died from the virus since the start nearly a year ago. We had 128 new cases this past week, our sixth week of decline in this indicator. The county estimates we now have about 600 active cases, also lower than recent weeks. Active cases are the number of fellow citizens who could pass the virus to another person if both are not following county-recommended protective measures. We had four new COVID-19 deaths in Mansfield this past week, about the same as recent weeks and well below a record high of 15 in January. Mansfield ISD reports 21 active cases among students and 19 among staff, the lowest numbers we have seen since October. Last report from Mansfield Methodist Hospital a couple weeks ago, the number of COVID-19 patients continues to decline to 84 patients, the lowest number hospitalized since November. The number of COVID patients in the intensive care unit beds in Mansfield Methodist dropped a bit to 16, still well below our record high of 29 fellow citizens in the ICU we saw at the start of January. Looking at countywide numbers, Tarrant County's epidemic indicators continue to improve, and even fatalities have finally started to decline, suggesting we are on the backside of the January spike. Countywide hospitalization with the virus has continued to decline, with one estimate of last week's average value of 573 citizens in a hospital bed with the virus, the lowest hospitalizations we have seen since late November. Tarrant County indicates that 5% of eligible county residents have received the second immunization shot. That's 1% bigger than it was a week before. This is progress, but still suggesting we are a long way to herd immunity. My wife and I got our first shot last week. Yippee! Our county judge, Glenn Whitley, encourages all citizens to register to get the vaccine and continues to request that we follow his recommended measures for masking, distancing, hand-washing, avoiding crowds, stay home if you can until the numbers get a lot better. We are still under his emergency declaration. While we see good trends, it does not mean we are anywhere close to stopping the epidemic or the misery it visits on a few of those who are infected. From the science desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. Effective next Wednesday, all businesses of any type are allowed to open 100%. Also, I am ending the statewide mask mandate. That's Governor Greg Abbott in a news conference in Lubbock Tuesday afternoon stating that the dropping number of COVID cases has decreased the need for his statewide mandates and it's time for the state to take a step out of the way. For a year now, Texans have wrestled with COVID and they have learned best how to conduct their own lives. For example, if businesses want to limit capacity or implement additional safety protocols, they have the right to do so. It is their business, and they get to choose to operate their business the way they want to. At this time, however, people and businesses don't need the state telling them how to operate. Abbott urged people to stay vigilant with the coronavirus by maintaining social distancing. The statewide mandate ends on Wednesday, March 10th. The Mansfield ISD is looking for a few good names to grace the halls of some of their facilities and is seeking suggestions from the community. Six facilities, to be exact, including the Mansfield ISD Center for the Performing Arts and the multi-purpose athletic complexes at Lake Ridge, Legacy, Mansfield, Summit, and Timberview High School. 
schools. Facilities other than school buildings have been named for former district staff members who have rendered distinguished service to students in the district. If you are interested in submitting a name for any of these facilities, your submission must be received by Wednesday, March 31st. We have a link to the MISD form on our website, aboutmansfield.com. Just click on the Links tab. The historic snowstorms have come and gone, but at least one Mansfield resident has a lingering reminder by way of a $3,000 electric bill. Dana Capaletti was a subscriber to Gritty Electric, a wholesale electric company that build on a variable rate. When demand is low, the rate is low, but when the demand spikes, such as during the snowstorms, the rate can be astronomical. I was saving money with them and was happy with their service. And in their defense, they did send an email out and encouraged their clients once they realized that rates were going to be spiking to switch to another carrier. However, carriers were not accepting new clients until the rate spike was over. Through the Gritty app, all Capaletti could do was sit and watch her bill go up. Monday, February the 15th, my cost for electricity was 531.71. On Tuesday, this is when the PUC raised the rate to the maximum of $9 per kilowatt hour, $666.21. My energy bill from February the 1st through Sunday, February 21st is $2,958.69. ERCOT has since shut down Gritty Electric and has moved their customers to Polar, which stands for Provider of Last Resort, until they can create a new account with another provider. Fat Daddies is hosting a fundraiser for Mansfield Police Officer Randy Watson on Saturday afternoon. Officer Watson was involved in a head-on collision in Alvarado in February while riding his motorcycle to work, resulting in the loss of his left leg. The event is being organized by a retired police officer with close ties to the DFW music scene and backtheblueHQ.com. Four great bands will be donating their time and talents from 1 to 6 p.m. The kid-friendly event will also have a silent auction. If you would like to donate any items for the auction, please drop them off at the Mansfield Public Safety Building at 1305 East Broad Street. Cash donations will be accepted at the event or online at backthebluehq.com. Fat Daddies is located at 781 West Debbie Lane. It's time for the Ask Terry Do-It-Yourself Home Improvement feature. Terry Radswin is our resident home improvement specialist, and he answers your questions about the place that you call home. Terry? Well, another week has passed, and I trust that everyone's recovered from the winter storm we experienced a couple of weeks ago. With that storm in mind, I'm going to forego the normal question and answer format of the segment and talk about some observations I had while we were dealing with the power outages and other effects from the cold temperatures and frozen precipitation that we dealt with. Home safety is a important a topic as home improvement, and boy, did I have some issues with some of the remedies I saw local residents employ in trying to overcome the lack of electricity and heat in their homes. I'd like to make some suggestions, which are common sense to me, both as a home improvement professional and as a displaced northerner, 
that'll help in the event we experience another cold snap and catastrophic failure of the power grid again. About the biggest risk that I saw to home and health was folks heating their homes in, shall we say, unconventional ways. Seasoned hardwood firewood supplies dried up pretty quickly once the electricity went out, and there were a lot of families doing what they felt they needed to do, but putting lives in the balance. In the end, local hospitals reported a large number of cases of carbon monoxide poisoning as a result with several fatalities. First and foremost, it's extremely dangerous to burn anything other than seasoned hardwood logs or artificial fireplace logs in your home fireplace. A lot of local residents were buying construction lumber, 2x4s and the like, and using it to heat their homes the best they could. A couple of points here. First, those softwood species like southern yellow pine, spruce, and fir burn extremely quickly, meaning that you'll need a lot of expensive lumber to maintain even a moderately comfortable temperature inside your living space. Secondly, those species have a lot of sap or pitch in them, and burning the wood turns that pitch into a byproduct called creosote, which deposits itself on the flue walls of the chimney and is very combustible. Over time, and with enough heat, that creosote can catch flame and set your house on fire. Charcoal briquettes, the ones you use in your barbecue grill, should never be burned indoors. There are chemical binders in that product which hold the briquettes together that emit carbon monoxide when burned, and there's a good reason why carbon monoxide is called the silent killer. It's odorless and tasteless, so you don't even realize it's in the atmosphere, and, well, it'll kill you. If you're burning something in the fireplace and you start to get a headache, it's time to douse the fire and air the house out, which isn't a great idea when the temperature is in the single digits and you're having trouble keeping it warm in the first place. And don't use charcoal lighter fluid as an accelerant to get your indoor fire started. It burns very hot and can cause damage to the lining of a modular fireplace. It too emits carbon monoxide. I even saw people buying small tabletop barbecue grills, which I unfortunately assume they were planning to use to try and heat their living space. That's dangerous beyond imagination. Same thing goes for portable propane and kerosene heaters. Both of those petroleum-based products emit carbon monoxide when burned, so those types of heaters should only be used in an extremely well-ventilated area, which again isn't possible when the idea is to keep as much heat as possible inside the building. Putting them inside the fireplace doesn't work for proper ventilation either because they just don't don't throw off CO vertically. They throw it off into the room as well, just like burning charcoal does. Portable combustion heaters should simply never be used inside the home. And using the gas range isn't the best idea either. The burners require ventilation. If you've got power, but your furnace is out for whatever reason, it might sound like a good idea, but you'd have to run the range hood in order to exhaust the fumes, and that'll send all the heat you're trying to conserve right out of the house. Now let's talk about generators. It's a popular myth that you can just take a portable generator and plug it into an outdoor electrical outlet and backfeed electricity right into your system and power your home. I'll make it simple. You can't. Most portable generators don't create enough wattage to run all your essential systems like heating, refrigeration, and water heaters, let alone lights. Trying to feed the house through an outlet is most dangerous when the power eventually comes back on, as the resulting surge of electricity in two opposing directions will either destroy the generator or your electrical service panel and potentially cause a fire. Think about the sparks you sometimes get from a battery when you're trying to jumpstart a vehicle, and you've got an idea of what can happen, but it 
240 volts instead of 12 volts. You can use a portable generator to power some of the systems in your home if you install a proper transfer switch onto your service panel, which will cut off the electricity from the generator automatically when your line power is restored. And it should go without saying that you shouldn't keep a gasoline-powered generator running near a window or door, or anywhere that the exhaust fumes could potentially enter the house. Again, that's silent killer at work. So what should we do to be better prepared? Well, the first and foremost thing I'd suggest is that if you have a fireplace, have a supply of firewood on hand going into the winter. And I'm not talking about a few shrink wrap bundles from the grocery store. I'm talking about enough wood to keep a fire going for a few days if needed. Stored in a well-ventilated area, covered if possible, well above ground to avoid rot and insect damage. And if you're one of those folks who did burn two by fours in the fireplace, get a hold of a chimney sweep once things settle down a bit and have them clean that flu. It's going to cost you a few bucks, but it could save you from a potential fire in the end. If you've got a portable generator and want to use it to power your home, look into that transfer switch for your main service panel. It'll cost you a few hundred bucks, but the amount that could be saved in terms of damage to your systems and water pipes is well worth the expense. If you don't do the transfer switch but want to use the generator, make sure you're using extension cords with the proper wire size for the electricity draw of the item you're powering. An undermatched extension cord is a fire hazard. And obviously, don't try to power too much so that you overload the generator. If your electricity seems to go out a lot with storms in the summer and whatnot, it might be a good idea to invest in a backup power system or a whole house generator. They're powered either by natural gas, if you have gas service at your home, or by a large propane tank installed in your yard with the generator. They're expensive in terms of upfront cost, but comfort, consistency, and safety definitely have a price as well. That's about all I've got on my mind for now. I'm sure I'll think of a few other things, and when I do, we'll do this again. In the meantime, if you've got a home improvement or repair question you'd like me to tackle, send it along. You can reach me by email via the podcast or post to my Facebook page at Ask Terry AM Podcast or my Twitter at AskTerryAMPod. Stay safe, everyone. Spring is on the way. Reporting for About Mansfield, I'm home improvement specialist Terry Radswin. If you have a home improvement question, you can send an email to AskTerry at AboutMansfield.com. Again, that's AskTerry at AboutMansfield.com. Terry will tackle another home improvement question next week. On the rocks or frozen, it's time right now for the cocktail of the week, and reporter Brian Certain is pouring one up right now. Brian? This week's cocktail is another classic cocktail, and also one that's easy to make at home, the margarita. In its classic form, it's going to have tequila, lime juice, Cointreau, Grand Marnier, or Triple Sec, all an orange-flavored liqueur, served in a glass with a salted rim and is the perfect combination of sweet, salty, sour, and bitter. But just like the first two cocktails that we featured, my research has come up with the actual origin of the cocktail is clouded in myth and folklore, and this week's cocktail, the margarita, is no exception. So more than one person is claimed to have invented the margarita. One of the most prevalent stories is Carlos Danny Herrera developed a drink at his Tijuana area restaurant, Rancho La Gloria, around 1938. And as the legend goes, Herrera dreamed up the cocktail for one of his customers, an aspiring actress named Marjorie King, who was allergic to all hard alcohol 
other than tequila. But to make the liquor more palatable to his fussy client, he combined the elements of a traditional tequila shot, a lick of salt, a wedge of lime, and turned it into this refreshing drink. Another top contender for this inventor title is Margarita Sames, a wealthy Dallas socialite who claims she whipped up the drink for her friends at her Acapulco vacation home in 1948. Among her well-connected guests was Tommy Hilton, who eventually added the drink to the bar menu at his hotel chain. But according to the complete Book of Spirits by Anthony Dias Blue, he thought that the first importer of Jose Cuervo in the United States advertised with the tagline, Margarita, it's more than a girl's name. And this was in 1945, three years before Sames claimed to invent the drink. But in contrast to the fuzzy genesis of the cocktail, the origin of the machine that helped simplify the making of its many forms is well documented. That came from our own Grand Prairie Mariano's restaurant, where it was invented by Mariona Martinez in 1971. And in fact, that very first machine is in the Smithsonian in Washington, D.C., But to make this cocktail, I use my cocktail rimming kit, a knife, a cutting board, a muddler, a Boston-style shaker, a pint glass, and a strainer. The recipe goes like this, is we're going to use two to three ounces of a good quality silver tequila. Not gold, not Añejo. Use those for your savoring of those special tequilas. Two limes, using either simple syrup or agave, and Cointreau, or triple sec, or Grand Marnier, any orange flavor liqueur. We're going to pour about a half ounce of tequila into the rimming kit, and then we're going to spread kosher salt in a separate compartment of the rimming kit. We're going to dip the rim of the martini or other wide rim glass into the tequila, lift it out of the tequila and hold upside down for about 10 seconds to allow the slight evaporation. Then dip the glass into the salt to coat the rim and set it aside. You're going to have two of the limes. Cut a thin slice for garnish from one and set it aside, and then juice the half limes into the bottom of a Boston-style cocktail shaker. Cut the remaining two limes and the orange into quarters and add them to juice in the shaker. Add the agave nectar or simple syrup and muddle for two minutes until the juices are released. Strain the juice mixture through a cocktail strainer into the top of a shaker and discard the solids. Return the juice to the bottom of the shaker, add the remaining one and a half ounces of tequila and any remaining in the saucer, add the ice to the shaker, and now you're going to cover and shake. What I tell people is shake it until your hand feels frozen to the mixer. You're going to then strain that mixture into a cocktail strainer, into a prepared glass, reserve your thin slice of lime, and serve immediately. As always, I'm here to open to hear your take and your input. You can reach me at bourbongospel at gmail.com. And until next week, as Ted Allen says, life is too short to drink cheap booze. Reporting for bourbongospel.com and the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Brian Certain. Sunday is National Dress in Blue Day. Let's see if Mother Nature is going to dictate wearing your finest blue shorts or a down jacket. Alexa? Sunday should be a beautiful day. No down jacket required. In Mansfield for the next seven days, Tuesday through Thursday should be sunny, with clouds on Friday. On Saturday and Sunday, it should be sunny again, with clouds again on Monday. 
Daytime highs will range between 62 and 71 degrees Fahrenheit. According to Tarrant Regional Water District, Mansfield lawns need no irrigation this week. Most of North Texas lawns have seen over an inch of rain recently. The next few days will be nice and sunny, with a chance of rain at the end of the week. Start planning to test your sprinkler system this month and fix any issues. You can view a map of watering recommendations for North Texas at waterisawesome.com. Congratulations to Matthew Stark, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. When was the Mansfield ISD established? According to the City of Mansfield website, 191 Mansfield voters cast ballots selecting the first Board of Trustees on May 22, 1909. The trustees were charged with the responsibility of bringing into existence public schools in Mansfield. Matthew has won a $25 gift card to Stevens Garden and Grill. After the break, this week's trivia question of the week. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield. Your logo or emblem defines who you are, so why not show it off with custom printed shirts? I'm Dana Wood with Ohana Screen Printing. We are a custom screen printing company and can print your design or help you create a new design. While t-shirts are our specialty, we can print on all kinds of apparel such as masks, hoodies, bags, you name it. Ohana means family and that's exactly why we started Ohana Screen Printing, to bring our family and community together through creative expression. We look forward to adding you to our family. Rest assured that when you do business with Ohana Screen Printing, that your dollars stay local as we are a family-owned business based right here in Mansfield. If you're part of a business, organization, or sports team looking to make a visual presence, hit us up on Facebook or ohanascreenprinting.com. That's ohanascreenprinting.com. Hey, business owners. Have you thought about growing your business through social media but don't know where to start? Never fear. I'm Sonia Salazar, and Wise Media Group is here offering coaching for do-it-yourself social media marketing, or we can do it for you. We have packages for every budget. Wise Media Group specializes in organic Facebook and Instagram growth. Let's get Mansfield businesses connected in 2021. Give us a call for a free 30-minute consultation at 817-913-2989. That's 817-913-2989. Or find us on social media at Wise Media Group. That's Wise, W-Y-S-E, Media Group on Facebook and Instagram. Wise Media Group, helping you make wise social media marketing decisions in 2021. Introducing Cold Hammer Stills. What is Cold Hammer Stills? It's a 70-proof chocolate cappuccino liqueur that's been distilled six times with a balanced blend of coffee, light cinnamon, and cocoa to create an enticing, robust flavor. Here, try some. Oh my gosh, Becky, 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 come here. You have to try this. What the? This is so delicious. I've never had anything like this. I need to have some more of this. Find cold hammer steels. Find liqueurs at Total Wine and More or your favorite package store. Ask for it by name. It is time right now for the wildly popular, highly coveted trivia question of the week. The first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a $25 gift card to Big D Barbecue, pumping out smoked tender meats and a unique organic sauce paired with local craft beers since 2013. Located next to the railroad tracks at 226 North Walnut Creek.
Creek Drive in Mansfield. You can find them on the internet at BigDBarbecue.com. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen. Well, Steve, in 1958, the city changed the name of downtown's north-south thoroughfare to Main Street. This week's trivia question is, what was Main Street called prior to 1958? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, what was Main Street called prior to 1958? Good luck, and thanks to Jordy at Big D for the gift card. Coming up after the break, Steve talks one-on-one in studio with Mansfield musician Brad Russell. Stay with us. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield. Hi, I'm Carmen McMillan, Executive Director of Mansfield Mission Center, inviting you to make our thrift store your one stop for shopping, donating, and volunteering. When neighbors buy your donations, the proceeds help other Mansfield neighbors in need with free services including financial assistance, employment help, food, medical, dental, and vision care. Voted Best Thrift Store in 2019 by Living Magazine, the Mansfield Mission Center Thrift Store is located at Broad and Walnut Creek. For more details, visit our website at Mansfield. Mansfieldmission.org. That's mansfieldmission.org. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as we make the switch from news to talk. And in the studio today, he is now the third musician to grace the studios of About Mansfield. And for the long time About Mansfield listeners, if you go back to episode two, which was released in January of 2020, we interviewed a young lady named Ashley Russell about her uh, about her journey of uh, of just becoming this this tremendous person. I called her a rock star, and I really think she is. And and uh, her husband is now in the studio today, and he is equally a rock star. We welcome Brad Russell to the About Mansfield Studios. Awesome. Good to be here. Good to More have of a country star than a rock star, I guess. Well, but, <laughs> and that's actually one of the things I wanted to, to focus on with you is, is your diversity in music. I know you are a country artist, yeah. but, uh, but you also have an appreciation for, uh, for rock and roll as well. Oh, a hundred percent. I, uh, literally thought I was going to be the next blues man. You know, yeah, carry on that Stevie Ray and you know three piece blues band, but well, and the and the way I I know that is because when I was performing one night in one of the downtown uh, drinkeries, uh, uh-huh. you came walking in, and if I recall, it, it, and you know, it's one, it's those little things that you remember. Yeah, Brad Russell comes walking in and he starts mouthing the words to a song that I was playing by Oasis. Oh yeah, and I thought. <laughs> Wait a second. Oasis is great. This, oh yeah. Yeah, they're they're a cool band. And so we're going to find out about Brad and just who you are and and uh, just a conversation with Brad Russell. I'm so glad to have you in the studio. Oh yeah. The um you're a local guy, aren't you? I am local. Where th- where were you born? I was born at Arlington Memorial in Arlington. So, but so came are, straight home to Dawson Street. And was it Dawson? No, Kimball. We were on Kimball. Here in Mansfield. Oh, yeah. Yeah, our first house, or my first house that I got brought home to from the hospital, I think is still there, or it just got tore down. I can't remember. 
But actually, no, they tore down the house beside it. It's still there on Kimball so, Street. On Kimball Street, yeah. Yeah, so I got some around, good friends that live on Kimball Street. Yeah, me okay. too. Mansfield's greatest uh, gift. Yes, Marionetti. That's that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Living there on the corner. Yeah, and you you. You stayed local. You went to Mansfield High. Went to Mansfield High. I transferred to Irving my junior year. So my mom lived in Irving. My dad's from Mansfield. He I think he's class of 76. Okay. So pretty much anytime somebody knows or hears I'm from Mansfield, if they're like, oh, I'm, I went to Mansfield. I'm like, what year? They'll tell me a year, and I can kind of gauge which cousin they, you know, which cousin <laughs> they know or aunt or uncle, you know. So... We're. I think my my dad has six brothers and sisters, so seven total kids. Okay. So. And they're all Mansfield. All Mansfield, and then they're like rabbits too. So they have, you know, my dad was one that only had two kids. Well, three after another marriage, but yeah, yeah, he uh, he's one of the one with the fewer kids. Some of them have you know six, seven kids of their own. So. Let's go back and talk about little Brad. Were you Bradley? I was Bradley. Bradley. And I have a Bradley. Okay. Yeah. Okay. My middle son's Bradley. And since we're talking Mansfield now, um, where'd, you go to, <laughs> where'd you go to school around here? Well, I went, when I graduated, I graduated from Irving. Like I said, I transferred. Okay. Graduated from Irving in 2000. Um, that was my 19th school to go to your 19th school 19th how, school how did that come about why i lived with my mom till i was around 13 or 14 you know i'd go then i kind of went back and forth my mom lived in all over the world or all over the state i guess okay just moved a lot um i think i went to san angelo parts of sixth grade went to mary or parts of fifth and sixth grade um went to worley met my wife at worley in eighth grade she she moved from duncanville in eighth grade to mansfield um as a result of moving around a lot did that affect your grades uh no i kind of could half-ass my way to be so it was it was no problem (laughs) moving around a lot 19 schools yeah was then was it hard maintaining friendships no it actually kind of helped me i mean you could you're when you move around a lot, you gotta. You're the new kid, so yeah. you gotta meet everybody. But everybody wants to meet you too because you're the new kid, you know. So especially when you move to a smaller town like San Angelo, um, I, like I said, we moved out there. I think I was nine, and uh, so we, when you're the new kid, you're the hot thing in town. So everybody wants to meet you. So it's kind of easy to meet for make friends. Everybody wants to know about Brad. Yeah, and I'm like a little social butterfly too. When I go out, even even to this day, I just kind of float around and meet people, talk to them, and so it did help me in that. Tell me about the first time you picked up a guitar. Uh, first time I picked up a guitar. That's a good question, man. That's that, a that's real why good I'm, question. That's why I'm here. I <laughs> just to ask the good question. Okay. <laughs> First time I picked up the guitar was my dad's Alvarez. I still have it. And I was, let's see, I think I was 14 or 15. So 14 or 15, and I was playing drums. 
my whole life since I was about four, started playing drums. So played in church. My mom's family sings, and she would travel around singing at different churches. Um, same thing with with my dad's family. Um, so I pretty much grew up playing drums in church, and. 14 or 15 picked up a guitar because I wanted to make music you know I got sick of just I mean got to a point where I felt like I mastered drums as far as I wanted to and I wanted to do something else and dug heavy into James Taylor that was like my oh that was my thing that finger picking style that's just that's where it was at for me and that's not easy to learn no it's not and I didn't really learn it and master it I kind of hacked my way through it but yeah. you know make it make it my own but just that style you know and learning to play with your fingers that that was that I don't know it was real helpful I'm glad I kind of dug into him first and not you know something else he's got that bright sound that that even his little hammers and and pull-offs are are very very clean yeah and i i don't want to get too technical for the listeners but uh, yeah it's it's one thing i really like about james taylor's music is that his guitar is very clean very bright yeah he has a great sound so you picked up the guitar at 14 15 years old and and you started to learn started to learn i mean i i understood music i've coming from a family of musicians i understand music um my mom you know, I, I kind of play piano too, so just cording around and understand bass notes and, you know, not to get too technical, but I can fumble my way through a piano. Um, but anyway, so my mom taught me Nashville number system at an early age and that kind of clicked with me. And so got my first electric guitar and that kind of changed, changed my my uh, my playing and my interest, I kind of switched over to the blues and and uh, leaned heavy into Stevie Ray, Buddy Guy, um, you know, Susan Tedeschi back then before nice. they did the before trucks, yeah, before trucks, yeah. Uh, um, just you know, thought I was going to be the next blues guy. So trying to find the go sell my soul at the crossroads somewhere. <laughs> so, Robert Johnson. Yeah. And I would, man. I still would. If, if anybody can point me in that direction, I'd love to play. You know what I mean? Just get to that point where it's like I've grasped it fully and I can express myself any way I want with this guitar, you know? You were benefited then by musicians in your family, you said your dad uh, played, your mom taught you mm-hmm. this. Uh, who are some of the other musicians in your family? Oh, everybody. Everybody. Pretty much everybody. I mean, you. Uh, the long-running joke, well, I'm going to say it anyway. The long-running joke is one time my dad, we were sitting around and a friend was, you know, a friend was over and they're like, golly, y'all play everything. And then they looked over to uh, one of my aunts and said, what do you play? And she happens to be the, one of the people that doesn't really play anything. She yeah. sings great, but my dad said the field. <laughs> so the long running joke. Yeah. So anyway, my dad plays piano, plays bass, plays guitar. Um, my cousins, you know, Pick one, and I can tell you what instrument he plays. So wow. It's pretty cool. And we're going to talk about your dad here, yeah. in, here in a little bit, uh, and also your son yeah. as, as part of your band. The And, and again, that's got to be a tremendous benefit to you growing up having musicians in the house. I've been playing guitar 30 
some years, but there are no musicians in my family. Oh, wow. Both my mom and dad can't even sing a lick. Uh, my, the only musician now in my family is my son. And so growing up, I, I kind of had to rely on others, yeah, others outside the family. So there, it wasn't a Sunday brunch jam on the porch in, in my yeah. family. And uh, yeah, yeah. Ours was pretty much Sundays. We, you know, Wednesday and Sunday nights, that's mm-hmm. when we played. And that's, that's pretty much the only place we played was church. So it's kind of weird. I, I, some of my family, my older aunts and uncles, you know, they won't come out to a bar to come see us. So right. we got to let them know when we're playing at not a bar so they can come <laughs> see us. At what point did you start writing music? Uh, I wrote my first song at, I think, 15 or 16. So it's called Fat Cat. Do you still play it? I quit playing it because that show Friends. Yeah. Yeah, she wrote a song called Smelly Cat. Right, right. So everybody was like, oh, that's a, is that that song from Friends? And I never really got into that show, so I was like, man, I don't want to be known as the Phoebe song stealer. So Fat Cat, and then you knew it was you were— you're on your way to writing more songs. Yeah, I I kind of in hindsight wish I would have really dove into it a lot further and harder at a younger age, just because I feel like Dean Dillon said one time, um, you have to write 300 crap songs before you're going to find one that you, that is good. So I'm way far away from 300. <laughs> so I wish I would have started a long time ago, get all those out of the way. Because it, it is art, and it's a, it's a creative process that you get better at the more you do. Right. You know, just like anything else. Just it, like golf, just like, you know, anything. More, it's all about the experience and the time you put into it. In 30 years, I've written two songs. Oh, really? That's it. That's it. I, for some reason, I don't know. I get uh, I get a lot of pleasure out of playing other people's songs. Yeah, and so you once, make them your own too, though. One, oh yeah, I try. Yeah. I try. You're not uh, just getting up there and just doing it exactly. You know. No, but the uh, the the two songs that I wrote, one was a a co-write. I composed the music to a friend of mine's poem. Oh, nice. And it, it worked out really nice. And the other was um, just taking a lot of words from an email, in a, a series of emails that were, were uh, put together by a group of people. And it's like, okay, I was taking these words and those words, yeah. and, and, and I made them all rhyme. And uh, a girl named Anne just popped out. And so... <laughs> A song was born. A girl this, named Dan. A girl named Dan. I like yep, it. Yep. And, I don't know if I've ever heard it. And it's funny because the in this this series of emails was this young lady named Anne. And in the emails, we were all saying, you know, gosh, these these comments are the making of a country song. And, and she said, you know, that sounds great. Whatever you do, don't name it after me. <laughs> so... I wrote a song called A Girl Named Dan. And um, your musical inspirations? Like uh, James Taylor, Stevie Ray Vaughan, um, Rodney Foster, just one of my favorite songwriters. Max Stalling is amazing. If you, don't, if you haven't checked him out, he's got 
a couple albums that there's not a bad song on, you know, like, I don't know, I've ever heard a song that I skip when I play Max Stalin. Um, I love Dale Watson. Dale Watson's like, uh, kind of my guy. I think he puts on the best show. I think great player, great writer, you know, happy songs, fun songs. I'm not a big, I'm not big into sad stuff. I don't yeah. get into, to too much sad stuff. I do have a couple guys that, you know, are more on the sadder side that I really get into is uh, David Ramirez. He's amazing. Huh. Oh my gosh. His voice is amazing. His songs are great. Jason Isbell, obviously he's amazing player and writer, but yeah, those are, those are probably some of the bigger influences. Gary P. Nunn, you know, sure. love him. You that got to open for him. I did, man. I wrote a song about it, too. Did you? I did. I Talking about songwriting, you know, and yeah. I, I don't know if you run into this, but probably so, but it's just the pressure of getting it right, you know, getting it to your, what you consider good enough to put out. You know what I mean? Right. So... I wanted to, I had the idea and I had the chorus done, but I could not write the verses for it. And I wanted to have it done when we opened for him because the, the last part of the, the hook is pretty much one of in my day on a honky tonk stage singing songs with Gary P. Right. <laughs> that's the, that's the hook. Like it's a, called a, the Gary P song. It's a, talks yeah. about the bucket list, right. Sure. Of all these things you want to do. Cause that was a bucket list item. I mean, the guy to my understanding isn't playing shows anymore. Like last year was his retirement tour or whatever. But so yeah, that was a cool experience there at the Levitt pavilion. Yeah. It was wonderful. Wonderful. I kind of got in trouble for plugging Mansfield on the stage there in Arlington, but you know, Arlington and Mansfield have kind of bled together. Sure. And kind of a lot of Mansfieldings go. Yeah, I was born in there. Arlington, man. I came home to Mansfield, but I was born in Arlington. So. Okay. <laughs> All right. I recall it was a, it was a tough day when Guy Clark died. Oh yes, that yeah, yeah Guy Clark, that guy. So <laughs> well, you got to bring that up, man. Now I'm starting to think of Billy Joe Shaver. And yeah, that was hard. That was Guy Clark and Billy Joe Shaver have been the two hardest losses I think for me musically. Because just thinking like there's not going to be any more of their music, you know, like they're one of a million. Oh yeah. Uh, I was thinking about this this morning when I was pouring myself a cup of coffee, some Guy Clark songs. And are you familiar with the song, The Guitar? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just magic. I know. And not only to have that idea, but to write it so creatively. I mean, that people that that can write like that. It's like books. It's like novels. Right. You know, you sit through a Guy Clark song, you're sitting, you're going somewhere, you know, uh, that kind of writing, that's what I want to get to. And in all honesty, the, the thought that was going through my mind when I was thinking about the story of the guitar was, yeah. how much weed do you have to smoke to come up with an idea <laughs> like that? I don't it, know, but I, I haven't smoked enough because I've never come up with something like that. <laughs> it's for, again, for our listeners, Find the Guy Clark song, The Guitar. It is truly magic. It is a, it's a story about a guy who goes into a, a music store. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Truly musical genius. It is. It's yeah. musical genius. It's poetry genius. It's Guy Clark. <laughs> Where has your music taken you geographically? You 
You've played all over the place. Yes, I've played. Let's see. We go to Midland a lot. We play out in Midland, Odessa. Um, we went to oh, where is that old Gringo Cafe? Coffee and cocktails. Maybe that's what it is. But anyway, it's out uh, towards Terlingua. You know, towards Big Bend. Ten. Out 10, in God's country. Hours. Yeah, it's, it's out there. Um, we trying to get down to Austin. I, I went down and opened for a guy in Houston one time. Um, but I've played all over. I mean, I, I used to travel the country with my uncle, and that was one thing. Um, he's my mom's brother. That was one thing that he uh, made sure I didn't leave the house without a guitar, you know. So anyway, he... Uh, he drove me on stages all across the country, Nashville, Spartanburg, South Carolina. You know, uh, he found an open mic in Aberdeen, Maryland. <laughs> Aberdeen, and, Maryland. And he played or you both played? Oh, I had to play with him. Okay. I mean, he made, he made me play. So, yep. yeah, he, he would he'd sing songs that he wrote. I didn't really... Uh, I didn't really play, or I didn't sing back then. Okay. He's the one that kind of forced me to start singing, you know, because, like I said, I come from a musical family. I was always relegated to harmony because I'm not the talented singer. I, I was the drummer or the guitar player eventually. Um, so he kind of forced me to sing and belt it out. We're talking with local musician Brad Russell, and we're going to stop right here for now, pick up part two next week. By the way, you can catch Brad performing this Saturday at Fat Daddy's on Debbie Lane starting at 2 p.m. as part of the fundraiser for Mansfield police officer Randy Watson. Coming up next week on About Mansfield, it's Mansfield News Talk and Information. We will conclude that talk with Brad Russell. The show will be released on Wednesday, March 10th. Until then, don't forget to follow this podcast if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Just enter your email address on our website, aboutmansfield.com. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts, Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Reporters, Stacey Main and Dennis Webb. Moment with the Mayor feature, Michael Evans. School Board Recap, Courtney Lackey-Wilson. Home Improvement feature, Terry Radswin. Cocktail of the Week feature, Brian Certain. Sports, Tommy Cummings. Post-production editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casillo. We thank you for listening. On behalf of the entire news team, I'm Steve Casillo, and this is About Mansfield. Mansfield.